Hello and welcome to this episode of Teachers Talk Tech, an edtech podcast by Cambridge University Press and Assessment for language teachers by language teachers on using technology inside and outside of the classroom. My name is Hayo, and my guests today are Martin East from the University of Auckland in New Zealand and Cassia Brzoska from Cambridge University Press and Assessment. Martin and Cassia, welcome to the show. Thanks, Hayo. Great to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that is very dear to my heart, and that is innovation in language teaching. Before we get into the uh, the how and, and why of innovating our practice, Martin, I'm going to start with you. What actually is innovation? I define innovation in education as any new development or tweak to practice that a teacher might make with a view to enhancing learners' educational experience. So innovation often starts with teachers identifying something in their practice that doesn't seem to be working as well as it might, or coming across ideas for teaching and learning that are new and that they think they might like to try out. And those new ideas might be triggered by conversations with other colleagues or attending a professional development event or hearing a presentation at a conference or undertaking further study. And then those new ideas lead to some kind of experimentation in the classroom to see what happens. Now, that's a very bottom-up way of innovating practice, starting with teachers, but innovation in education can often come about in a top-down way, where teachers are directed by managerial or policy initiatives to change some aspect of their practice. And that usually occurs when new ideas about practice are filtering through education systems, and someone higher up latches onto those ideas and wants to see how they might work. And an important issue, I think, that will lead is what will lead to greater success with educational innovation. Is it bottom-up and starting with the teachers or top-down and beginning with policy? But I guess my take on innovation in education is that there will always be some kind of catalyst for change. And that change will involve something new and likely unfamiliar, and teachers will adjust their practices as a result. So not every change is an innovation. No, not every change is an innovation. I think an innovation is where it's something new and unfamiliar that teachers want to do. Teachers are changing their practice all the time, but an innovation is something that takes them beyond just a change to experimenting with something that they may not have done before or may not have encountered before, and they're trying something new, perhaps for the first time. Cassia, you and your colleagues work with thousands of teachers from all around the world. What are some of the ways in which teachers can innovate their own practice? There are a number of ways in which teachers can innovate. So you can get better at what you already do. So that's incremental innovation. Uh, So, for example, you can improve how you prepare your lesson plans or how you use project-based learning, just to give you a couple of examples. Then some teachers also apply what they're really good at to a new context. So, for example, something they've been doing really well in a face-to-face context can be perhaps tried out in a digital context or vice versa. And also, as a teacher, you can find a new problem to solve. For example, a lot of uh, teachers have been worried that their students will use AI chatbots to do their homework. Well, that's an excellent problem to solve. Uh, So as a teacher, you can think of ways in which you can use AI chatbots 
as a tool to enhance your students' um, critical thinking skills, for example. That's a great example. And and Martin, you obviously also work with a lot of teachers, uh, teachers in training and, and in-service teachers, etc. What are some of the ways that you've seen teachers developing the, well, both the awareness, I suppose, of opportunities to, to innovate, but also being able, becoming able to initiate, to, to start change in their own uh, teaching context? My own particular field of interest is so-called task-based language teaching, or TBLT. And the main focus of TBLT is on getting language learners to engage collaboratively in meaningful communicative tasks. It's a very learner-centered approach based on the experiential premise stated by Noonan back in 2004, that learners learn to communicate by communicating. But one of its problems is that it challenges established ways of teaching and learning in the classroom. So teachers are very often used to being the ones who are at the front and they're in control and they may be teaching students grammar and getting students to practice grammar in very regulated ways. TBLT throws that completely on its head and in that sense it's an innovation. So if you want to get teachers, for example, using tasks in their classrooms, you need to get them firstly to understand exactly what a task is and then to try out tasks one step at a time in classroom, taking some risks to see how they might actually work. But a lot of our listeners may be listening to us and saying to themselves, well, I often have ideas. I often observe things in my context that I think should be, or could be changed, but I'm just one teacher. I'm not in a position of authority to, to initiate changes. So do you have any advice for teachers like that? I think if you've got individual teachers who are wanting to innovate their own practices and they're working pretty much in isolation and don't necessarily have buy-in from their colleagues or from senior management, they've still got a relative amount of control on what they're doing in their own classrooms. So what I'd want to do with, with a teacher working in that circumstance is say, hey, you're interested in innovating, just give this a go. Just, just try with small steps in innovating your practice and then having a look at what's actually happening in response to that with your learners. And I think a crucial part of actually the trying out is to be evaluating how it's going, observing how students may be um, engaging with a particular innovation, observing whether that's um, increasing the learning, willing to take those small steps. But I think teachers who are on their own don't necessarily need to feel hindered with innovation. They need to be encouraged to be in spaces where they can just take risks and see what's going to happen, but starting in small ways. I think as humans, we we like solving problems. So being faced with a challenge is often a great trigger for innovation. And teachers who may feel that they're on their own or they're just uh, just one teacher, when faced with challenges, they are often best placed to actually offer solutions to, to these problems. And they come up with incredible ideas and great creativity as well. So I would echo what Martin said, start small, but also share your ideas. Let your ideas be heard. And you might be surprised by, by the results because, you know, ideas create other ideas. And I think that grassroots innovation is probably one of the best examples of innovation as well. So don't let your environment constrain you in any way. 
Yeah, that's very well said. And I love how both of you recognize the role, the crucial role of the teacher in the innovation process. You know, we recognize the, obviously, the, the top-down influences in the wider context. But, you know, as you said, Cassia, t- teachers are the best place in many cases to recognize when there is, uh, is a problem. But that leads me to my next question. What could and perhaps what should uh, say managers and principals and deans and organizations, what should they be doing to encourage individual teachers to, as you said, Cassia, take some risk uh, or to innovate their practice? What can be done? I would encourage school and higher institution leaders to invest in professional development opportunities for their teachers um, and also encourage peer training and networking so that they can create an environment for teachers to spread those ideas, as as we said. And also another thing that could be done um, is encouraging small-scale innovation and also celebrating those who who do innovate because, you know, it's it's not always easy and some people feel intimidated by this idea of innovation. But if uh, school and university leaders celebrate those who dare to innovate, so to speak, then I think more people will be willing to to try it. I agree with what Cassia has said there. And I think that the role of schools and managers would be somewhat different depending on whether the innovation is bottom-up, coming from the teachers themselves, or top-down, being imposed by policy. If it's bottom-up and with an individual teacher, sometimes teachers can feel quite isolated and quite concerned around how an innovation might go. And in those cases, I think that sharing with senior leaders and saying, this is what I would like to try out, can diffuse that sense of isolation and getting managers on board with saying, yeah, we'd like to encourage you to try something new. But if it's a top-down innovation, there may well be teachers working in that context who are reluctant to innovate, don't want to innovate. They, they, they think, well, we're happy with the status quo and, and hold on to the view, well, if it isn't broken, why does it need fixing? And in those particular contexts, I think that what senior management need to do, first of all, is to get behind the innovation and promote it positively among colleagues. And as Cassia has said, getting colleagues to work together collaboratively around an innovation. And then managers need to be willing to address teachers' concerns with its implementation, listening to what those concerns might be, having a look at how they can address them for teachers. And I think they also need to be providing adequate resources for successful implementation. That would include things like access to materials and equipment, helping teachers to get time away from the classroom to plan the innovation and then to reflect on how it went, helping teachers to work collaboratively on that innovation and supporting professional development opportunities. Well said. And and Cassie, of course, you and your colleagues are at the forefront of providing professional development and resources for teachers. Is there anything that you and, and your, your colleagues are doing specifically to encourage teachers to innovate? We work with schools and higher education institutions in addition to creating courses, digital platforms and assessment solutions. Uh, We also support teachers in their professional learning and development to help them build their skills and knowledge and probably most of all confidence, which is really crucial to innovation. Uh, This could be through self-study online courses or books or also tutor-led training programs, which again could be either online or face-to-face. 
We also publish white papers for those who are interested in research and we organize events uh, in different parts of the world and uh, some, some of you may know them as Cambridge Days. Uh, and finally, we also have the World of Better Learning blog, uh, which is full of practical tips, resources and advice on how to innovate inside and outside of the classroom. And these stories and tips come from real teachers and um, English language experts all around the world. So again, it's a great place uh, for inspiration. So if you're looking for ideas, I do encourage you to, to have a look there. Cassia, do you ha have any other resources that you think will be helpful for teachers to learn more about this topic? I'd encourage everyone to listen to the other episodes of the Teachers Tech podcast, of course. And uh, another great way of keeping on top of um, inspirations and ideas would be to go to the Cambridge University Press English uh, social media channels, especially Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube. And it's a great way to hear about the latest events, publications and resources that we have plenty of for you to choose from. Martin, do you have any final words of wisdom you'd like to pass on? Firstly, innovation is here to stay. We're never going to move beyond being confronted with new ideas, new ways of doing things, new challenges. And I think COVID-19 and ChatGPT have certainly shown us that. And then innovation takes time. Changing practices is not the work of a moment, rather it's an unfolding process. And in that regard, small steps are crucial. If teachers try to innovate their practices all in one go, they're likely to fail in the long run. Take small steps. Try out some things in the context of more familiar things. And then teachers need to be willing to take risks. Innovations can be unpredictable, and so a certain amount of bravery is needed. And some things will work, and others won't. And some things will work with some learners and not with others. And, and that's okay. And teachers must also be willing to learn from what did not work and not give up when things don't quite work out as they would have liked. It's about trying and trying again. And a crucial part of this process is always to reflect critically on what actually happened rather than just to abandon something because it seemed to fail. And finally, teachers need support with encouragement, time, resources. At the end of the day, innovation should ideally be seen as a collaborative endeavor rather than a solo enterprise. I couldn't agree more with Martin. Uh, so my two things would be, don't let the word innovation scare you. Start small and grow it from there. And the second one, um, as I said, ideas create other ideas. And please do share your innovations with others. And you might be surprised by the results. Martin and Cassia, it was wonderful having you on today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and check out the other conversations of the Teachers Talk Tech podcast by Cambridge University Press and Assessment.